Gentlemen, welcome back to the Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast, as we are here to review SummerSlam 1996. And just remember, it's always better to be pissed off than be pissed on. And on that note, I'll be pissed off, he'll be pissed on, my tag team partner, the man with a plan, Arnold. Arnold, what is up this morning? Well, apparently I forgot my rain boots, but uh, doing all right, man. How's it going? I, it's not doing too bad. I'm waiting for the guy in the big boat with the big beard to come tell me it's going to never stop raining, and he's looking for a dog. Amen to that. And a bunch of other animals. Because it has been wet. <sighs> oh, yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew. SummerSlam 1996. And I think from our about 22nd pre-game conversation, we might have some big differences in this grading system on this one. Ah, but SummerSlam 1996 live from the Gund Arena, the goofiest name place in Cleveland. I mean, we got Jacobs Field. We're later going to have Brown Stadium or First Energy Stadium down the way down the road. And then we have Gund Arena. <laughs> that well, just, you gotta think at this time the uh, vacant Brown Stadium. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Gund Arena doesn't that just ring pageantry and whew, like famous? I mean, Madison Square Garden, the Omni, the Cow Palace, Gund Arena. Whew, I mean, well, think about the team that was playing there at the time. Yeah, there we go. There's today's trivia question. Where's the Cow Palace? Where, where, or where? I don't know if it's still standing or not. So that's mm-hmm. this week's trivia question. Where is the Cow Palace? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. That's old school wrestling for you right there, folks. Yeah. yeah that's you, a good one. Do you know the answer off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, no. Ooh. So there's... Like, it's been a minute since I've heard Cow Palace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's this. We'll go right off the bat with this week's trivia question. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and announce last week's winner. It would be Mr. Andrew Fleck, who won, I believe, both of them right off the bat quickly that morning. So congratulations to Flecky. Shout out to the Fleckmeister. The Fleckmeister. <laughs> I'd like that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of things that were flecky, no, that no, because that would mean it was well, I liked it, so this was good. Yeah, this was definitely flecky. <laughs> we start SummerSlam, a nice opening video, well done, nice production value, it was pretty nice to see. We Fair get enough <laughs> until we start hearing Vince McMahon on commentary, but we get JR and Mr. Perfect. Um, at first, I was like, Mr. Perfect, really? Then I remembered the King had a match, so he's not going to be on commentary. Not tonight. 
But don't worry, there won't be any shortage of alcohol-related jokes. Oh, don't say no. We're, we're going to hear plenty of them on a mic, but. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think Mr. Perfect did a pretty good job here. I mean, he's always pretty good when he's talking. Good talker. Oh, yeah. Perfect J- definitely had the gift of gab. JR is good when you give him something good to talk about. That's why I don't think he's the greatest anymore, but and Vince is always garbage. Facts. I mean, Vince is there for to put over the promotion. JR is there to put over the performers or the faces, and Perfect's there to put over the heels. So I guess it counter or nice balance, but I just don't like putting over the promotion every single time. I don't know. So the opening match, and I have a question about this. Is this the match you would have started with when you look at the whole card? Looking at the whole card, this one, probably not. No, I mean, I get sort of why they opened with this one, but I'm not saying it was a bad match. It was a pretty good match overall. I just mm-hmm. didn't see the start, why you would start with this one. And we're probably going to dif- differ on this, but I would have started with that, the four-way tag team match. Honestly, that's probably the one I would have started with, too. Oh, okay. 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 Honestly, yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, because I was sitting there thinking, I was like, which match on this card would I have moved this for, not including the main event? And and like, I, yeah, probably yeah. the tag match. I would have just switched these two in order. I would have started with the tag match and had this second. All right. Well, the first match we're referring to is Savio Vega versus Owen Hart, which I don't know why these two had a beef. Never, whatever. But two good performers who can work their butts off. I always thought Savio Vega was always underrated. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he had some decent matches. I mean, obviously, this is pre this, but he had some decent matches with Steve Austin. Yeah. Back in the day. Oh, yes. I've heard on Steve's podcast, him put him over big time. Oh, yeah. One of the best to work with. Matter of fact, uh, I believe believe it was a pay-per-view that uh, Savio Vega and Austin went head-to-head, and I don't remember what it was that happened. It was like a storm or something hit, and the feed went out. Yeah. So, yeah, the people at home didn't get to watch the match, but apparently they put on a great show. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, we get... So we start out, Owen Hart's out by himself, no corny, sad face. Um, Savio Vega makes sure to point to the ref that he cannot use that cast. The slowest Why heel, is he still wearing that cast? Heel heat. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, you got to think about it, man. I mean, even <laughs> if I cook a pot roast, it's going to go cold after three months. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you hate, that, defense, you hate that cast. <laughs> in my defense, I did just get off of work. So. <laughs> yeah, a little behind the curtain here, folks. When we record these, Arnold usually has been working for how many, how, how many hours? Eight? Ten? Eight hours. Eight-hour shifts. And he works nights, and we record these in the morning. So he's pretty freaking tired. My night owl stand up. Whoop. Yeah, not me. I'm I'm the old man in bed by nine o'clock going. <laughs> but when I work, which another thing, another behind the curtain, we're recording the. We usually record on Friday. We're recording these on Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> because somebody had a birthday 
went out and got way too hammered to record Sunday morning <laughs> or just wasn't home. I don't know which it was. We'll go with both. But that would not be me. That would be Mr. Arnold. He is now somewhere around, we'll say, 30-ish. We'll go with that. We'll go with 30-ish. We'll, yeah. go, we'll go with 30-ish. We'll say uh, Arnold just turned uh, 25. Hey, dude. Yeah, 25. Dude, 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 dude. You're black. You're always going to look 10 years younger. Hey, black don't crack, baby. Hey, I, I, I'm jealous as can be. How old's Denzel Washington? How like sixty something, and he looks—he could easily play a forty-year-old at this point. Screw you! I couldn't play a thirty-year-old, <laughs> and I'm in my thirties. <sighs> Me too. Yeah, we're old. <sighs> I get called an old man on Twitter all the time because I hate this—not hate, dislikes most of this modern wrestling stuff. Not all of it. Not all of it. I will actually, we'll talk about it later. I actually watched some Raw last week for about 10 minutes and went, nope. <laughs> oh, but anyway, so Savio Vega versus Owen Hart after that tangent. <sighs> so, yeah, so Savio tells the ref he's not allowed to use the cast. The ref makes sure to point his finger and tell him that he can't. Then Savio just kept trying to take the thing off the whole beginning of the match. <laughs> I don't blame him. It worked for Michaels. Yeah. I mean, this this match got off to a pretty slow start. And, okay, so one at one point, this is what got me. This is really confused me. Who's the face in this match? Who is the face in this match? I'm guessing it was supposed to be Savio because... Owen's an obvious heel trying to cheat the whole time. So when's the last time you saw a baby face start biting the he or the heel? I, hmm. I mean, <laughs> Owen had him in, in a hold and he just starts biting his leg. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I mean, I would love Je um, King to be on um, commentary. They're like, somebody get that man a rabies shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was biting Owen. I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> How's that not a DQ? Oh, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Owen has control most of the match. Savio makes a comeback, gets a back suplex off the top rope, and gets clocked on the way down by the cast on the back of his head. Knocks him silly. Okay. So then Owen <laughs> Owen takes the cast off and clocks him with it while the ref sort of didn't see it. I'm not that The ref was, I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been Kyoto, but he was out of position and he saw that plain as day. <laughs> yeah. Don't you love it when it's kind of, it always cracks me up, especially when things like that happen and the ref is not where they need to be. Yeah. So, so just sitting there watching it, it's just like, that was uh, pretty blatant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. You watched him hit him with a chair. I mean, so that, did I, but I was supposed to see it. <laughs> that's another thing. That one guy on Twitter told me that refs are there just to count the one, two, three, and anything else, they're pointless. No. Refs are, I mean, yes, they're, the wrestlers are the most important thing, but 
the third, you always got to remember there's a third person that ring for a reason. And the ref botched this a little bit. He was in the wrong spot. Either. And I mean, just call a spade a spade. He screwed it up. Right. It was easy to see on TV. I'm sure in the arena, they couldn't tell, but the camera angle we saw, I I believe it was Kyoto. I could be wrong. Sorry, Mike, if it wasn't you, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he saw that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's (sighs) the thing, man. Like, and like for our buddy there, um, yeah, the ref's job is just as important. And you think about it. Cause I mean, one, these guys have gone for 20 minutes and have Vince McMahon super red there on, on the uh, commentary booth. They kind of keep things going in terms of, you know, I mean, you hear them, which is a botch in a way, but sometimes you'll hear one, like you got a kick, you know, or whatever, or rope, you know, I mean, you, you can hear that every now and again. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that was just, like I said, like you said, plain and simple, just not where he needed to be. And, Kind of takes the immersion out of it in a way. A little bit, yeah. It wasn't blatant like he's sitting there pointing right down at it, staring, but you could tell he should have saw that. Mm -hmm. But Owen hits him with the cast, gets a sharpshooter on him, um, and Vega gives up. Owen wins. And then it gets weird. Do you remember? Okay, so we were confused why Vega had a beef with Owen. That needed a SummerSlam match. Do you remember Vega and Justin Hawk Bradshaw having some kind of issue? Not that I can recall. Me either, but Justin Hawk Bradshaw does because he comes down, starts clocking and beating the crap out of Vega. <laughs> I'm like, why are we doing an angle at SummerSlam? This should have been on Raw the next night. Correction, with these two, this should have been on Superstars whenever you wanted to do that. Right. That's probably what that was. Probably, oh, these guys had an argument last night on Superstars, and Justin Hawk Bradshaw took offense to what Salvio Vega said. Like, what? Yeah. Okay. Who watched that? This was, I don't know. They must have had some beef on some show, B show we don't watch. So, I don't know. This That was weird. But overall, I mean, not the match I would have opened with. It was okay. It was good. Other than the little ref spot, which was the only really bad thing in the match other than that it was solid where's corny oh the backstage they showed with corny pumping up vader and his workout that is hilarious i'm sorry if after seeing that if jim Cornette does not put out a motivational workout video where he just sits and screams at you for being a fat slob he is wasting so much he is throwing money out the window because that would, I mean, if I had Jim Cornette yelling at me that I'm a fat slob and to do more push-ups, I'm doing more push-ups. I mean, that's fair. I probably would too. I'm probably going to be con- upset about it. I might contact <laughs> him, try to get that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a copy. Million dollar idea right there. The corny workout video. <laughs> <laughs> One. Two, get up, you fat piece of crap. Just corny cutting promos on you for an hour and a half while you're working out. It's motivation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, that, hey, that keep me going. I'm like, hey, might as well. I mean, 
<laughs> oh, and I completely skipped over the middle part of this match. I'm my bad. Cor- no corny, but Clarence Mason came out, everybody's favorite lawyer. Yikes. So, so is is Clarence Mason moving in on Corny's territory? Hmm, they said that. Hmm, which means Clarence Mason's definitely moving in on Corny's territory. <laughs> yep. Like we couldn't see it for our own eyes, so you had to go out and flat out say it, which says that's what he's doing. It's always Vince because he thinks everybody's stupid. Seriously, it's like you don't have to announce it to the world, dude. It's like no. just let it be subtle. Yeah, we've had this before. This, I don't remember what it was, but it's he has some nice piece of story going on, and then he just flat out blows us and tells us the ending. Not blows <laughs> us, blows it and tells the ending. Truth, truth. As I'm trying, yes, I can't remember what it was. I don't either. Oh, all right, but um, I like this match. It was good. It was solid. Like I said, not what I'd open with, but I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed pretty much anything Owen Hart ever did. Um, Vega's a good worker. He's a, these two meshed well, pretty pretty well together. That spinning heel kick by Vega is nice, and Owen even oh, hit yeah, his own. Is. Owen started hitting his own. He's like, oh, I can do that too. <laughs> uh, but I, I gave this a B. Good opening match. It's like uh, this one grade wise gave it a C plus, and that has nothing to do with the wrestlers themselves. Uh, more or less for me, it was kind of slow to the start, kind of slow to start off, especially considering the two guys in the ring. Um, but I went with a C plus because I was like, chances are they probably got this like a week ago. Like, oh, by the way, this is what's going on because Ahmed's out. Um, so I mean, for last minute, nah, it was decent. Um, C plus. Ah, that's not too far off. Not too far off. Ah, well, all right. Then we get Todd, whoever Todd is, I never caught his last name, in the back, in the boiler room with mankind, and mankind is giving one of his mankind promos, and he's licking the pipes of the boiler room. And I, and I wrote this in capital letters, L-O-V-E, this version of Mankind. Love this. The, yeah. You believed it. He was psychotic and yes, deranged, disturbed, whatever word you want to use. Wonderful. Nice. Love this. The pig squealing. The legit ripping his hair out. The... Calling Sable Mommy. <laughs> we'll, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> Stay tuned for that, folks. Oh. But yeah, I love this. It was short. It was sweet. It's mankind. What can you say? Exactly. Love you, Mick Foley. Oh, yeah. Love me some Mick Foley. Any iteration. Any. He's- He's the one person that everything he's ever done has been good. Yep. He, I think he doesn't get enough credit for probably being one of the top, easily top 10 best ever. The only thing I hate that he ever did was the thing he's most famous for. And that would be the hell of a sell at 
King of the Ring, but we'll get there. Just because that's led to 23 years of people trying to top it. And never will ever be topped. Mm -mm. Until somebody legitimately says, I'm going to die for the business and throws themselves off the Empire State Building in the middle of a match, it's never going to be topped. Hey, Kenny Omega, there you go. You want to be the best ever? Throw yourself off a building. So though I would like to see some anime stuff. You see a guy just get yeeted off of a building, <laughs> falls, you know, 10, 12 stories, hits the ground, and you see like this big like crater, like an anime. It's like pow. And it's like, oh my God, what's gonna happen next? And he just like shows back up next week, like with a whole different attire, different hair color. Like, <laughs> like obviously that would be insanely ridiculous, but it would be just ridiculous enough to probably probably bring me back. Can we get like an anime pro wrestling? And I don't mean like anime pro wrestling. Tiger I mean, Mask is actually a pretty good anime. But I mean, I mean like I, I mean I mean AEW's cartoon wrestling, so I mean true, but I mean one that's cartoony on purpose. Oh, I mean they just signed a luchador from Alabama. Yes, I just said those words out loud. They signed a right, luchador. I'm done. <laughs> Folks, he's took his headphones off. He's walking away. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, all right. So the next match is the cluster match between. This is the one we couldn't remember. So this will tell you how much build up this match got. We were talking about last week. What's the tag team match at SummerSlam? And we, I, as soon as it started, I'm like, oh yeah, this is what it was. Because I haven't talked about it in like three weeks. It's the New Rockers versus the Body Donnas versus the Godwins versus the Smoking Guns in a tag title match with the stipulation that you can tag anybody. Anybody. So we can have, and they even made a point to say it, you can tag your own partners. So again, that told us, we're going to see partners against each other. Ah. Where have we seen this stipulation before? <laughs> I don't know where. Uh, remember uh, Nitro about a month ago at this point? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Now, I will say I do remember a match on Raw. It'll be in a couple years in the future from where we are that this was done perfect. Abso-freaking-perfect. Except the stipulation was a little different. It was a four-way tag match where you could tag anybody, but it was the first team to get the pinfall won. And it was the New Age Outlaws were the champions. And I do not remember who the other four, three teams were. Doesn't matter. The other, The other faces think they get smart, and they put Billy Gunn and Road Dogg in there against each other. Billy, I think it was Billy gives Road Dog this phantom punch. He falls down, pins him one, two, three. They keep their titles. <laughs> <laughs> well, the faces are standing there with their thumbs up the rear and go, what? Crap, that backfired. <laughs> I I don't know. That was, I always will. I watched that match live and I can remember that 23, 24 years later. I'd Perfect. have been petty and went for like three minutes. 
just like, let's just beat up on each other for three minutes and get the pin. And just like these guys is like, ah, we got them. And it's like, wait a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Oh, no. They, I mean, you can look it up. They sold it perfectly. Like, they're like, no, we don't want to fight. Then you can see the, the light bulb come on. And they look at each other kind of funny. And he just kind of like the finger poke of doom thing and falls down. <laughs> One, two, three. And everybody's going, well, that backfired. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, this match. All right. I wrote that if, I mean, this is your four tag teams, your four legitimate, always together tag teams. I can't think of another one. Davey and Owen aren't really a tag team. Um, everybody else is just kind of put together. Pretty much. Tag team division is garbage. Weak. Like, this is I the mean, entire, this is the tag division in 96. Yeah. I mean, don't say Vince McMahon now hates tag teams. He is always not give a crap about tag teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. I I miss like 80s Crockett. Tag teams main evented things because they were treated as equals. Oh, yeah. <sighs> That's why you see like a lot of superstars from back then. Back then were tag teams. There were a lot. I mean, there were a lot of singles guys, too. I mean, there were a lot of tag teams from back then. You could probably rattle off a name. I mean, if you want to talk about top baby faces of the 80s, Ric Flair. The Rock and Roll Express were just as big as Ric Flair. Yep. Just, just as over, just as popular. I mean, it was crazy that they gave. Starcade 86, main event was a tag match. Just saying. Saw a clip yesterday where... um, it was the midnight losing the titles to the Rock and Roll Express. Minute and a half crowd going nuts. And I'm talking legit nuts for 90 seconds. I believe it, man. You mentioned any of those tag team names in anywhere in the vicinity of Greensboro, and you're going to get a pop from the entire state of North Carolina. When's the, la- when's the last time you've seen a pop last over 20 seconds in this in today's? They're cheap pops now. It's just... Today's? Ooh. Do something big, and it's like, oh, yay. Because they don't build anything. Nothing means anything. Ladder matches used to mean something. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of. Sean and Razor. Oh, that one ladder. Razor. One ladder, one title. It's still the best ladder match there's ever been. Oh, yeah. You can scream TLC to your blue in the face. The best match is the first one the United States audience really ever saw. And that was for the IC title, no less. Yeah. Yeah, versus with Razor Ramon. I'm sorry, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, whatever, was never one of the greatest ever. Get over it. He lucked into the NWO thing, but Razor Ramon was never going down in history as the greatest worker, the greatest talker. Sorry, Chico, not happening. (laughs) <laughs> has anybody in history, like when you talk about the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, has anybody ever put Scott Hall on that? No. No. Not that I can think of. Was he good? Yeah. Was he great? No. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. Not taking anything away from him. Nah. But when in context of one of the greatest matches ever, I'd put that ladder match probably from 1990 to today, top five. 
Easily. Maybe top three. The greatest matches. Hey, that's fair. That's definitely fair. I was like, because honestly, when I think of ladder matches themselves, that's the first one that pops in my mind. Oh, ladder matches, it's number one. Maybe gimmick matches, it may be number one. <sighs> do you oh, know yeah. what's do you know what's not number one though? What's not number one? This tag match. <laughs> <laughs> that's how to segue back to what we're talking about. There you go. All right. Um so this was their whole tag team division getting a check at SummerSlam. So I'm assuming that Candido is legit hurt here because I'm not sure if he's legit hurt or not, but you got to remember he got murdered by Farouk. <laughs> I mean, I know he got, I know he got murdered, but he comes in with the neck brace saying he's going to give it a go and never got tagged in, never did anything hmm. physical whatsoever. Stood on the ring zip got pinned and that was the end of her so i'm assuming maybe he was i was i I haven't looked it up or googled it somebody can correct me and i'll be suitably chastened but whatever i'm assuming he was legit injured because i mean even if even if farouk beats crap out of him he can still get in the match true yeah so i don't know but did you see Henry Godwin completely whiff on that punch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Billy Gunn <laughs> sold it. He got... <laughs> Henry Godwin swung with a punch, got more air than Michael Jordan, and Billy Gunn just flopped. And I'm like, oh, that's bad. And it's better that than... Hold on, hold on. Let's try that again. Yeah, they luckily they did not replay that. <laughs> yeah kind of awkward it's like oh i missed hold on step closer yeah there we go i loved i love billy gunn though he made up for it like he did that and i was like oh i'm gonna rip him for that then he made up for it by screaming at somebody in the crowd <laughs> loud enough for the like announcer mics to pick it up because <laughs> he's over on that side of the ring and he yells i don't yells cleveland sucks or shut up or something i'm just i love it <laughs> you don't see much interaction with the crowd anymore because well even because people love the heels now they can't piss them off right oh yeah but the body donnas mainly zip because he's the only one that got in were the first eliminated which regardless of injury if you're looking at these war teams that should have been it pretty much yeah leaf cassidy trips zip and the rockers, rockers and smoking guns try to work together. Hmm. That always ends well. Yeah. Trying to the the blah, 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 blah. <sighs> Yeah. 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 This <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, this match was. The rockers suck. <laughs> I wrote the rockers suck at it and keep hitting smoking guns. That's what I was trying to read my own writing. My bad. My bad for that little law. I, I write sloppy and fast. Yeah, so they're trying to team together, but they keep missing and hitting their own partners. I'm like, this is going to blow up and this is going to blow up bad. Yeah. 
I mean, it's only, I was like, to me, it's just only like entertaining. Maybe the first couple of times, like, ha ha, Hill's doing funny Hill things. <laughs> you know? Yep. All right. Then, so they, Marty Janetti takes a slop drop. Bam, the new Rockers are eliminated. So now we're down to the match we should have just had the Smoking Guns versus the Godwins in some kind of gimmick match. Not a hog pin tag team match. Dear God, never another hog <laughs> pin match. Go look that oh, one up, geez. folks, from earlier this year, Triple H, and I think we've talked about it, Henry Godwin in a hog pin match that they literally built a legitimate hog pin next to the ring for the entire pay-per-view. Don't you love it? Yeah, and then they showed the they showed the match again the next night on Raw. Yeah. Whew. This was back that was back when Trips was getting punished for the curtain call, but yeah. So the new rockers are eliminated. Thanks for coming. And Phineas. I know we talked, I think we talked about last week what a hot tag is. Phineas got a hot tag. And they were feeding him and he was clearing the ring. Oh yeah. Then he was done. Then Hillbilly Jim and Sonny get into it, distract the ref. Bart Gunn hits a top rope elbow to Phineas. Puts Billy Gunn on top. One, two, three. The smoking guns retain. And then the fun starts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, looking at this tag team division, that was the right outcome. Keep the heat on the the guns. Let them keep the belts. The Godwins. At this point, why would you want them as your tag team champions? But they have got to find the tag team somewhere. I mean, I don't care if they go to the grocery store and sign the bag boy and the meat clerk. Get me a tag team. Good Lord. Call I mean, me meat bag. Ooh, good one. What was the one I came up with the other day? Did I text you that? Good tag team. Oh, yeah. imminent oh, danger. Yeah. Imminent danger. I like that one. That was a good one. With, so I couldn't remember for a second. I was like, what did he say? With like a top, well, they finished with a top rope splash combo or something called uh, Danger Close. That was uh, it. Yeah. That was it. I, I was driving at work the other day because I'm in my car for six hours by myself. And I'm thinking, I just popped in my head, ooh, that'd be a good tag team name. Imminent Danger. I like that. Beat some of the stupid ones we have nowadays, but we'll not go there. But so the match is over. Sonny jumps in the ring, grabs a mic, and I'm sitting there eating my popcorn going, okay, this has got good now. <laughs> and she tells everybody she's the greatest manager ever and reveals this giant poster of herself. <laughs> because, and I, my first thought was, well, what if she, what if her team didn't win? And I'm thinking, no. She's so confident she knew her team was going to win, so I kind of like that. I mean, so she had <laughs> there was a little cooperation with the crew to help set that up, but I can see, I can see it. And I, when I mean giant poster, I don't mean like something you hang on your bedroom wall. I'm talking like twenty foot giant poster comes down and blocks the entire hard cam side. <laughs> oh yeah, it was wild. But then again, I mean, you got to think '96 and Gund Arena. I mean, how many banners were getting hung up in Gund Arena? Oh, oh, sorry, Cavs fans. Dang. Oh, 
Come with the heat today. <laughs> hey, hey, it's 96. Hey, whoa, back up. Back up. This is 96. We're only three years away from making the finals. We made the finals in 93 against the Bulls. Eastern finals. Yeah, the Eastern finals. And we're not going remember to mention- that. Remember that shot? We're not going to mention his name. Remember that? Well, who did y'all have? Craig Elo? <sighs> Mark I, Price? I told you we weren't going to say his name. Brad Doherty? Like, come on, bro. Oh, come on. Don't don't start on Brad Doherty. Like, they were decent in 93, but these guys were old by 96. Like, yeah. Come on, hey, we're only six, seven years away, eight years away from getting LeBron J. Let's not mention his name either. Y'all had Eric Ooh. Snow for a while. Remember that? Was that Eric Snow? No, y'all had uh, – dang. You know what? It's not important. Yep. It doesn't matter. Are we a are we a basketball podcast now? Ricky Davis, that's who it was. Oh yeah, no, okay. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, whoo. Let's not remember those years. Huh. Speaking of things that are disparaging, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have differing differentiating opinions on this match. I gave this an A. I I liked it. It was entertaining to me. Yeah, and you're giving me the eye roll. Whoa, you can't see it, folks. He's giving me the big old eye roll. I think we've got our big first, oh, my God, how dare you give this this grade? Because I think everything else we've been pretty close on. Yeah, I like this. It. I don't know why. It was, for one thing, yes, it was a four-team match, but for most of the time, they legitimately just kept one-on-one in the ring. Even the even when the smoking guns tagged themselves, we and they're and this is the part that really got me. They enforce the rules of you, and it's something that I hate to see now. Once you tag in, you have to make contact with your opponent before you tag out. You can't just tag out after you got tagged in. You see that so much in like three way matches now. A guy get tagged in, not want to do anything, and walk over and tag somebody else out. That's against tag team rules. Yes, folks, there are actual rules written down for these things. They don't ever get enforced anymore, but there are. A tag has to be hand-to-hand with your feet on the ground and the other hand on the top turnbuckle or the tag rope, which I hate the tag rope. Just use the turnbuckle. None of this, you're slapping your partner on the back. That's an illegal tag. Shouldn't count. Ugh. But anywho, so I gave this an A, thought it was entertaining, and I'll let Arnold tell you how he thinks I'm completely stupid. I'm going to be honest, dude. Like, I I gave this one a D. Like, spit take. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, we've been seeing these same teams go at it in different combinations or against each other and crap like this for, like, the last several months at this point. Like, Granted, this is all you got in your division, but it's like they could have just had it. Honestly, it could have just been the guns and the goblins again, and I think it'd have been a better match. Oh, that's I agree. I agree with that. I was like, that's my opinion on that, and uh, it was just it was boring. Like it wasn't boring to see some of the spots and everything. It was kind of like, oh, you know, everybody's doing their thing, but just overall, to me, it just kind of like. I could watch this on Raw and still feel the same emotion. Except for now, except for the huge rafter banner poster of Sonny. That was actually, that was the saving grace. I'll be honest with you. Because 
it's sunny. And she was just like, yeah, like this was in the bag. Check out what my boys got me. Boom. It's me. I wish Lawler was on commentary. <laughs> like, Puppies! For me, that was, that was it. Like, it was just kind of dull. Oh, wow. Okay. A and D. Wow. I feel like Skip Bayless right now. Yeah. No, no, because I like <laughs> you. Want a hot take? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he just does it to be a shock jock. You're actually giving your legit opinion. Um, I see what you're. I see what you're saying about the. Like I said, the tag division sucks. This is what we got. You got what you got at this point, right? And I mean, I. Yes, these teams are all getting stale versus each other. I would have liked to have seen the Smoking Guns versus the Godwins in a Texas Tornado match. A ooh, that'd be fun. A cage match. Something else. I don't know anything else. Anything else other than this, but I I graded it more of. I always think. I mean, I guess this is probably no surprise to people because I always give my armchair Booker opinions, but I always look at things from a booking standpoint. And the way the teams were eliminated, the spots they did to do it, made a lot of sense. Whoever laid this match out was brilliant because it was the way it was laid out was perfect for what it was. Mm -hmm. And I guess I was grading on what it was and not what I wanted it to be. That makes sense. That makes sense. I was like, yeah, because I mean, when I, when I watch these, I watch these from the perspective of a fan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and of course, you know, I agree hundred percent with everything you just said, because as far as that goes, oh yeah. Like everything was spot on. And as far as that goes, like from a booking standpoint, no, this is like, no, y'all did great. Let's do that again at the next pay-per-view in your house, like whatever, but <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. But uh, from a fan standpoint, it's kind of like, yeah, we've been watching this on TV for how long now? Like, we've seen iterations of it on raw. We've seen iterations on superstars, various pay-per-views. Like, and again, it's like, this is your division. Like, I'm not saying take the belts off the guns because I mean, they're doing spectacular with them right now. So it's like, no, nah, don't do that. And plus, we wouldn't hear a lot of Sunny, or she'd be like mauling the whole time, and nobody wants oh. that. But like, more yeah. Sunny, more Sunny, more See? Sunny. Yeah, everybody wants more Sunny. I agree with every hundred percent with everything you just said. So I, I see where you're coming from. You you grade it from a fan, and I grade them from a kind of a Booker office kind of feel. <sighs> I'm a fantasy Booker. What do you say? But what can I do? <laughs> but any, I mean, and that's what makes us, we're different, but we can still see the same thing and think two different things, and I don't hate you for it yet. <laughs> uh, but speaking of things that I thought I was going to hate, we'll move on to our next match. Psycho Sid versus the British Bulldog. And starts out with no corny. Sad face again. Sid promo, not bad because it's not hard to tell. This man is legit psychotic. He's not, yes. he, this is not a gimmick. This is, they always say the best gimmicks are the, your personality turned up to 11. Psycho Sid's legitimately nuts. Ask Arn Anderson about that scissor scar. 
<laughs> but oh yes, it is insane, dude. The one thing I have against this match, Sid took four ever to get to the ring. Oh my god! I mean, he took legitimately four minutes to get to the ring, and this isn't like those big long WrestleMania entrance ramps. This is. 40, 50 feet. This is old school. No ramp, no big stage. This is just there. And it yep. he was milking the crowd, which the crowd was into him. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. The crowd, oh, yeah, crowd. Was, was really into Sid for some reason. I don't get it, but they were. Uh, but, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Did you notice that he took forever? I did, but honestly, I was I was distracted by the crowd. <laughs> Speaking of crowd, I did see the the guy with the shirt says Bischoff sucks. Did you notice that? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I always like, look for those like, like the signs and the shirts and stuff. I always look for that stuff because it's yeah. funny watching it now. Yeah, that would make me laugh. Bischoff sucks. I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm waiting on the signs to say WCW owns WWF. And it's like, yeah, about that. <laughs> Scratch that. Reverse it. <laughs> oh, Photoshop that for you, bud. There you go. So this match was not as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, Bulldog can work. We know that. But Sid's never been much of a classic match kind of guy. I mean, his mm. most famous matches is him breaking his leg. Oh. And I can't think of another famous Sid match. If you haven't seen Sid break his leg, oh, I I normally would suggest looking things up. Don't, don't just. I'll describe it to you, and we'll we'll get to this eventually. But somebody, some idiot, I don't remember who it was, Bischoff, and WCW tells Psycho Sid. To up his game, he needs a top rope move. No. No, no. he doesn't. He never did. Never, never ever will a seven-foot-tall giant man need a, top, need a top rope move. Oh, especially not this one. Not this one. Sid goes to come off the top rope with a big boot where he kicks, kicks him with one foot and lands on the other. Well, when he landed on that left foot, Ah, like both let both bones. Is there two? No, there's only one bone in your bottom part of your leg, right? I'm not. I, two, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So both bones in the bottom half of his leg snapped in the middle. And when I mean snapped, I mean like you pick it. Like when he lifted his leg up, his foot was hanging down the shape of an L in the middle of his leg. Oh, it was man. bad. It was real bad. I mean, one of those injuries that wasn't his fault, wasn't anybody else's like a botch or anything, just the man legit broke his leg on live TV. Mm. I mean, he thighsmaned himself right in the middle of the ring. Yes. Yeah. But that didn't happen here, so we'll get back to this. <laughs> so back and forth, it was decent to watch. I was entertained again. I was... Pleasantly surprised that Sid was having a decent match. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Clarence Mason. Again. 
moving in on Corny's territory. <sighs> Corny gets pissed off and comes down and confronts him. And he starts arguing and fighting with Clarence Mason right after Bulldog hits his power slam. <laughs> so Bulldog sees this, gets distracted. Sid clocks him, power bomb, one, two, three, Sid wins. I don't disagree with the finish, but it makes me sad because I know we're seeing the end of Camp Corny at this point. Yep. And that makes me really sad. But overall, this was a good match. Really surprising that Bulldog pulled this much out of Sid. I mean, for what Sid is, he's a big monster, kind of a big monster who comes in, gets big, three big moves, and hits his power bomb one, two, three. That's but, too. That's and but he did a little more in this, and it was entertaining. It was, I mean, Bulldog. I'll put him over to the cows come home. But I enjoyed this. It wasn't long. It didn't. It, this was the one thing. It, this match was not too long. Did not overstay its welcome. I liked it. I gave it a B. Bravo, bravo. Nah, yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, just kind of piggybacking on you on that one because I mean, yeah, this was short and sweet compared to the first couple matches. Um, I was like, yeah, and it got everybody over in my opinion. It's like, yeah, finish. Was the finish like it wasn't bad at all? I don't think, but at the same time, it's kind of like I kind of wish it didn't really influence the finish. If you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I see. Yeah, I mean, let them do their thing. Even if I mean, even if Sid still goes over, that's fine. But then you know, at the end of the match, you know, have Clarence sitting there with uh, Davy Boy, like, "Hey, man, you know, it's all good. You know, you'll get it next time." And then have Corny around now, waving his racket, screaming at Clarence. That'd have been fantastic. But um, either way, um, I went with a B on this one as well. I see what you're saying about um, – I, I guess looking at it from my fantasy booking is that they still wanted to keep Bulldog looking strong and give him an out. Yep. I mean, so that he hits his power slam. Looks like he's going to win it. But the manager's being stupid, distracting. Uh, I get it. So B's all around. I – not much more we can say about this match. It was good. And remember, remember, folks, we haven't talked about our grading scale in a while. A is great. Great match. Not like an all-time great match, but a really great, you know, very fun, entertaining match. B's good. It's not the greatest. It's not terrible. C is, it's there. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing great about it. It's just there. D is, I didn't really like that for one reason or the other or six or seven reasons or the other. (coughs) Pardon me. And F is the nasty boys and public enemy. That's that's your bar for an F. So, yeah. Takes a lot to get an F on this podcast. (laughs) It does. It really, we haven't given out, I think I've only given out one, maybe two. Granted, this week, if you listen to all three shows, you'll hear another one. Spoiler alert. But you'll have to listen into Raw Nitro for that one. All yeah. right. Which you should be anyway. 
you should be subscribing on all of our platforms and listening to all of our shows and watching along with us if you so inclined and see what we're talking about. Maybe you disagree with us. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you think we're just two redneck idiots sitting here talking wrestling. <laughs> wait, wait, we are two redneck idiots sitting here talking about wrestling, aren't we? Pretty much. Wait, can I call you a redneck? Hey, you- hey I mean, I've been living in West Virginia a little over 20 years now. Might as well. That's true. Okay. I didn't know if you had fully <laughs> adopted it or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I scared the crap out of it when we logged on this morning. You saw I shaved my head. I mean, you, <laughs> I'm just saying, behind the scenes here, folks, scared him. <laughs> I don't think I was fully expecting a white, bald guy to show up on screen. But anywho. <laughs> All right. So our next match, Goldust versus Mark Marrow. Goldust with Marlena, of course. The wild man. The wild man, Mark Meru. Yeah. So, Goldust is infatuated with Sable. And before we get this match started, I want to <laughs> I want to talk about Sable for a minute because I had this argument on Twitter last week. I don't get it. Can somebody, namely you since you're the only person I'm talking to, Explain to me how people think Sable is one of the greatest female wrestlers of all time. Female. I think of two reasons. Oh, I can too. That was my point. Everything. I'm going to tell her the same thing that Tony Stark told Captain America. The only thing special about you came out of a bottle. <laughs> but in this case, it's true. <laughs> And the only thing special about her came from a doctor's office, and they put two of them in her front of her chest. She can't talk. She can't do a promo. She can't wrestle. As a manager, she was, or valet, whatever, she was, meh. Meh. Everybody's like, she was a big draw in the Attitude Era. What pay-per-view did she headline? Other than her bikini contest with Jacqueline, what's another big, big Sable? Oh, yeah, thank you. for That was fun. Oh. (laughs) Even though she cheated, and I still think Jacqueline should have won. still think Jacqueline's a much hotter lady, too. I was, anywho, we're not going to go, we're not going to (laughs) go to that route. But anywho, what big pay-per-view match did, did she headline or, Anything other than the undercard. What what classic wrestling match was she in that you can remember? Cricket noises. Exactly. She wasn't a draw. She was there. She was if you I don't even think she's that good looking. Never did. From the neck up, eh? From the neck to her belly button, fake. And from the bottom half. Nothing special. I don't get it. Where are people getting that she's like, oh my God, Sable. It's like Sable, China, and Lita. They're the greatest attitude girls ever. People are putting her over as like this. I don't know. It made me angry. What am I not getting? Arnold, tell me. What am I not getting? Your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) I mean... It's going to, I mean, let's be real here. I mean, yeah, like, I wouldn't put her up there with China or Alita, like, at all. 
I mean, they actually, you know, had matches. Good matches. Well, Lita did. <laughs> I don't think China was as great as everybody remembers either, if you go back and look. But we'll get there. I mean, at, but I will say this. China in her original role as the enforcer, just badass stand there holding the belts and the, every once in a while get in, involved in the finish. Top five female valets of all time, especially in that role, number one, because there's never really been a whole lot like her. Nope. As a wrestler, uh, uh, and no, the WWF was never going to put the title on her. Get over that. It was never going to happen. I don't care what anybody says. Vince McMahon was not going to put the title in China, not even in the Attitude Era. Good mm -hmm. God, no. But anywho, Sable, way overrated. If And I'm not, I mean, I was the only one sitting there saying it. Everybody else was like, greatest ever. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? Ow. What? And nobody could answer me. What pay-per-view did she headline? What was the great match? And if you've not heard her speak, go to YouTube and look up Sable promo. That voice I now understand why Brock Lesnar likes to spend all of his time outside. I'll just say that. <laughs> if I had to be stuck in the house with that whiny voice, dear God, I'd own a ranch and play with horses and cows all day too. <sighs> so Gold Dust is infatuated with Sable because apparently he's on Twitter in 2021. And... Mankind is also infatuated with her. <laughs> Comes out calling her mommy. I love Mankind. I don't know. I don't get this. I don't understand why. I don't know if anybody told Mankind or Foley to do this or did he just come out and do this on his own? I mean, it just seems like, I mean, it's just perfect fits in Mankind's character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was laughing. I mean, if you want to talk about comedy and wrestling, this is it. It's legit in it within his character. It didn't bury anybody. It didn't make anybody look stupid or phony. And it was abso-freaking-hilarious. Yes. This is how you do comedy and wrestling. Not dressing up like the Toon Squad and dunking on a pile driver, which you missed. This. This is comedy. Ugh. <sighs> I, can't, I mean, I'm still thinking about it. I watched this a week ago, and I'm still laughing at, Mommy! Mommy! <laughs> <laughs> and Sable, to her credit, even though I just buried her a minute ago, I'll get put her over this, she sold, like, what the hell is going on with this dude? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit, her facials were nowhere near what they should have been, but I don't know. <laughs> so, the, so the refs run mankind off, and... Did you see the gold dust cosplayer on the first row? Speaking of people in the crowd, <laughs> I love that. The guy's in a full, like, legit-looking gold dust costume in the front row. And you just don't see people dress up like wrestlers anymore in shows. <laughs> nah, especially like that. Like, I don't know. Like, it was, you know, after a while, I mean, you got used to seeing little kids with their face painted like Sting and things like that. But I mean that. Dude, oh yeah, that was 
That was dedication. Yeah, this was an adult with gold face paint, the bleached hair, everything. The robe. Oh, my man, he was ready. Yep. Yep. I mean, yep, what yep. else is going on in Cleveland? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so they quit burying Cleveland. Yeah, please. Stick, just keep it to the calves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not talk about the Guardians. <sighs> uh, so Mark Mara makes his comeback after Goldust basically dominated the entire first part of this match. Did And did you see what was Goldust exactly trying on that dump? Was that a botch? He was supposed to do something? Because he just basically threw Mara on his head outside the ring. I wasn't sure about that. that. I don't know if they were trying to do something and he fell and... But it just looks like he just picked up a sack of taters and threw it out of the ring, but not in a working him. way. Yeah. I was like, I'm guessing, yeah, I was like, I'm guessing somebody missed something because I highly doubt that Goldust was going to be like, here, I'm just going to like try to hurt you as badly as possible on the yeah. outside oh, of the ring. Definitely that's not Dustin's gig. gig. Uh-uh. <laughs> but they were teasing Marrow had a new move the whole match and – I, I knew what this was I knew this was coming because I've seen the YouTube clips and I remember I remembered this so I was really excited for this because I believe this was the first one pretty much hit in WWF because this was a new move in the mid 90s not a lot of people were hitting it using mm-hmm. this but Mero comes in gets the gets a second comeback knocks gold dust down gold dust falls wrong and Mero has the fixing I did like that. Which which is fine, which is fine. Dustin fell down the way he should have, and Mero should have should have moved him. That's that's the way it works. Yep. Mero hits the top rope, and Jr. is losing his mind because he knows what's coming. <laughs> and I don't remember what they called his move. It doesn't matter, I guess. But Mero jumps up and hits a shooting star press. Do you remember what they called it? I believe they called it the wild thing. The wild thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's original. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Yes, nice. it was. Very nice. I mean, it, looking at Sable again, hey, your ex-husband can actually hit a shooting star press. Your current husband oh. about broke his neck with one. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Just saying. But anywho, he hits that. Marlena distracts the ref. <sighs> Gold Dust gets up. Curtain call. One, two, three. Gold Dust wins. <sighs> Again, we haven't saw Mara win a match in two months now. Nope. If you're going to pull out that shooting star press you have to win with it. I know Marlena gave him an out with it. I know Marlena gave him an out with it. I don't like pulling it out here. I know it was a big pay-per-view and it was a good, it was a good match. I just did not like that where he pulled it out and lost with it. Right. Yeah. That's that's kind of a spit in the face. And it was beautiful too. He rotated and hit nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think I'd have Gold Dust go over here. I really don't. Gold Dust can take the hit, and at this point, 
Marrow's a dead horse and we're just beating him. Yep. Yep. That's the thing. Man needs a win here. That, and they could have pl- people around. I would have gave Marrow that story, man. This guy's been he's been in a slump lately. He's been in that big slump, but he says he's got this new move and he's gonna pull it out and he's and he uses that move and by God it gets him out of his slump. And his gold dust doesn't lose any heat. Let gold dust get up and beat the crap out of him after the match. Right. Get his, get his heat back. Or having move on to somebody else. It doesn't matter. Gold dust is still good. Nobody's questioning one loss to Marrow when he pulls out that move. Right. I don't know. I didn't like the finish. I love the match. The match overall was really good. Mm-hmm. I think I think that Gold Dust got a good match out of him. I gave this a another B. Right on, right on. And this is a, believe it or not, I gave this one a B too. Hey, is <laughs> it believe it or not? Yeah. Except for the tag team match, we're pretty much right on. <laughs> right. I mean, I was like, this was it was a good match. I was like, I enjoyed it. And anytime I see Gold Dust in the ring, it's fun. Like I, just, I like I like watching them wrestle. This version of Gold Dust. Not the mm-hmm. Luna Vachon version of Gold Dust. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. We'll get yeah. there. Love me some Luna. There's a very underrated girl from the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. But anywho, yeah. So I just didn't like the finish. That's the only or the I didn't like the outcome of who they put over. But that's just me. <sighs> any any final thoughts on that from you? Or any thoughts at all? I probably talked a whole lot. So any thoughts at all? I was like, uh, can we get Marrow a win, guys? I mean, just one. Poor guy. They abuse a new move. Still gets beat. That's all I got on that. F yep. in the chat. Okay. <laughs> so next, we move to the Ahmed Johnson package. He's hurt. He's at home. And I believe I said last week that it was an interview with JR. It was Kevin Kelly, not JR. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my fault on that one. I understood every word he said in this promo, in this whole interview. Why does he is it the painkillers slowing the or the muscle relaxers? <laughs> I what is it when he's at home slowly talking that I understand every word he says? But when he's in the ring, he sounds like he's got a mouthful of marbles. Maybe he had time to think about it at home. I get her. Maybe versus. <laughs> maybe it took seven or seven or eight takes at home. Who knows? But yeah, that's possible. He's sad. He's not the Intercontinental Title holder anymore. Yada yada yada. Wasn't very long. Nicely produced. Kevin Kelly is so underrated. Always was. <laughs> Um, or actually probably popular opinion nowadays, Kevin Kelly, better than Michael Cole. Hey, that's fair. Just yeah. saying. And Michael Cole would be a lot better without somebody screaming in his ear. Yeah, very true. All right. <laughs> All right. Next we go. More Sunny. More Sunny. Sonny with, and and this was supposed to be Farouk with Sonny, but I'm sorry, at this point, you're wearing a foam helmet. This is Sonny with Farouk. (laughs) 
This is Sonny featuring Farouk, not Farouk featuring Sonny. Sorry. Ah, so she comes out and she says, what Sonny wants, Sonny gets. I wrote, hopefully she wants rid of that foam helmet. <laughs> and no doubt. Rid, rid of this whole costume gimmick. <sighs> and that was pretty much the promo. It was good. It was Sonny being Sonny. Farouk was going to be on the card facing Ahmed, but no Ahmed. So we'll just give him a little bit of ring time of talking. And there we go. I, I want to say, though, oh, like, it kind of cracks me up that Farouk was upset that he didn't get the belt because he beat up Ahmed because yeah. that's not how it works. But he's a heel. <laughs> I, I get that. He's a heel. Mm-hmm. Farouk, and Farouk did talk, and he, I mean, it's Ron Simmons. The man has always has had the same delivery for every promo he's pretty much ever given. Nothing wrong <laughs> with that because it's Ron Simmons. Exactly. But I I loved this. This was heel Sonny, Farouk getting over, introducing himself as a just a tough heel. And loved it. I gave this an A. I I don't know why. I just I rate it because it's Sonny. (laughs) (laughs) I said I didn't I I didn't grade this one, but nah, like I was I was thoroughly impressed with it. Because I mean, they basically both kind of lay out their mission statement. In this mm-hmm. promo, in my opinion, it's like Farouk wants that IC title. Sonny wants that IC title. So it's like, I mean, it is, it's perfect. Yeah. So then we get the introduction of the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Somebody going to get the ass kicked. What? No, I'm <laughs> that comes much later. Yeah. That's this, my favorite interest of his, though. I don't guess I... Oh, yeah, yeah. My favorite entrance that Mark Henry was ever involved in, the hand. <laughs> oh, I get the face palm head, head smash down. <laughs> that is a piece of wrestling history right there. Remember, folks, we love the Attitude Era, but not everything was great. There was some re- uh, that was that attitude or was that later on? Oh no, that was definitely attitude. Okay, I couldn't remember exactly when it was. I just because I tried to mentally block it of May Young giving birth to a hand. It was May Young giving birth? Period. I would say May Young period, but nah, she was awesome. Anywho, okay, so we get speaking of awesome. Now we get to the. I'm going to call it the first main event out of the three because I have been looking forward to this. And folks, if you want to know how to get heat, this is it. This is Jake the Snake versus Jerry the King Lawler. And King comes out. He has a he has a bag like Jake's. There's something I mean, it was pretty easy because they kept showing like the bottom of the bag to figure out what was in it. (laughs) But since you're not watching it, unless you are, which you should be, or have already watched or will watch it, I won't spoil it yet. But King comes, this is in Cleveland, and for history's perspective, this is right after the Browns have left. They're gone. This is 96. They just packed up and moved earlier that spring. 
So it's Art Modell. Well, about a year ago. So what does the king come out in? A freaking Vinny Testaverde Ravens jersey. <laughs> Folks, that's heat. That is the ultimate heat magnet. <laughs> I was I was waiting for like red lasers to be pointed at him. Oh yeah, big time because I know yeah Browns fans were devastated when the team left. And <laughs> you're you're talking to a Browns fan, and if I ever find out where Art Modell is buried, I will piss on that man's grave. Yeah, man, and it, I don't know it. In a way, it's like. I'm sure the people of Baltimore were like, yeah, suck it, Ursay. <laughs> we got a team now. Yeah, pretty much. Only took us 30 years, but we got a team. But yeah, he had that. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to say a word there. He just took off that jacket, had that Ravens jersey. Bam. Instant nuclear, thermonuclear Chernobyl heat. Whew. Oh, but oh, here yeah, come- those fans were pissed. Yeah, beyond. This was no doubt who the baby face of this match was going to be. So Jake comes down. And he gets he gets old Damien out, and King runs for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> and I am just looking at this match and thinking, somewhere Peta is having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because apparently, and I'm I don't I'm not a big whole gimmick with a real snake kind of fan because apparently Jake was terrible to those things and he went through a lot of Damien's. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, King runs, and I'm like, at first I thought, is this just going to be a no contest and King runs away? But, nope, King comes back, match gets started, and Jake the snake kicks King around. I mean, he is whooping him. As JR would say, like the government mule. Oh, yeah. And I love the spot. King dra- grabs one of the fans' Pepsis uh, and those paper cups that you get and just <laughs> throws it at Jake. And I'm like, wow, that's perfect. Not playing, not a playing spot, but something a heel would do. Perfect. Just takes the, ki- <laughs> the fans' drink and the cans. Fan probably just paid ten. Well, no, it's nineteen ninety six. Probably paid eight bucks for that thing. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to calculate inflation in my head, <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, that was a beautiful, beautiful spot. Not not oh, complicated, yeah. spur of the moment, something a heel would do. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very. And then, the king. Pulls out Jake's tag team partner, good old Jim Beam, a bottle of it, and smacks him in the throat with it. One, two, three. King wins. But is that the end of the match? But wait, there's more. (laughs) Oh, so King pours booze down Jake the Snake's throat and Mark. (laughs) Oh, Mark Henry's had enough. Pulls the headphones, headset off. Oh, 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 not on his watch. And his mm-hmm. this is their big new signee. The world's strongest man. And he's going to interfere. <laughs> and he stops it. And he's carrying Jake out. 
and he starts pouring the throwing the drink at. Did you see the fan trying to catch the drink in the air? The booze. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like jumping at it with his mouth open, trying to catch it as Mark's pouring it out, like you know, trying to show everybody's pouring it out with you know being very stagey with it so everybody can see it. And there's a fan right. in the background jumping, like trying to catch the booze in the air. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Open his cup up like, thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, but Mark, Mark and the ref, which I believe was good old Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> all four foot two Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> they can because I loved that Mark Henry's, you know, got his art, got Jake's arm around him. And he's walking him out and here comes Harvey. And Jake's like having to lean way down to one side to try to let Harvey help him off. And I'm like, just grab him by his shoulder and use him as a crutch. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or a cane, not a crutch, a cane. Yeah, because you ain't using him as a crutch. But this was, this was, I mean, this had late 70s, early 80s Memphis written all over it. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. The, if it went and it didn't go long. And in fact, I don't like seeing a little longer. I lo- I liked it. I gave this a B plus. It wasn't perfect because I mean, at this point, Jake can't go in the ring in the ring. Mm. King still can. Don't get me wrong. King at this point's late forties, probably give or take mid late forties. If not older, because he was like twenty in mid seventies, so yeah, he's easily in his forties here. Oh yeah, and can still go with the best of them. Ask Bret Hart. True, true. Uh, we uh, get, introduced good. we introduced Mark Henry here, which was an interesting way to debut somebody. But I can, well, we'll see what happens with him. We'll see. But Indeed. I like this. I gave this a B plus. Fair enough. Uh, this one, I went with a C. Like, it wasn't a bad match. Just campy. And like you said, I mean, it definitely had that, you know, that old school vibe to it, which was nice. So it's like, there's nothing against that. But at the same time, it was kind of like, look, like, I, you almost feel bad for Jake. Almost. Only because it's like, here he is. You know, they'll all walk through the valley of the shadow and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, outside of that, Jake's still being Jake. Yeah. So it's kind of like Lawler's doing nothing more than imitating your life, except making fun of you in front of thousands of people. And we just get to sit here and watch him just bury you week after week. <laughs> yep. Now, I I will say this. I didn't rate the match. The match was in, inconsequential in my grading. This was all about the pre-match heat with Lawler and the post-match shenanigans. So, I will say that. The match was never really important. No. It was kind of one of the things like, oh, we got to settle this. You know what I mean? It was, that's what it seemed like to me in terms of that. Okay. So B and B plus and C still not that far apart. Okay, I can see it. Now we get to the match that I was kind of looking forward to, and 
boy was I disappointed. Taker versus Mankind in the Boiler Room Brawl. And, wow. I mean, wow is all I can say with this match. (laughs) I gave this, I'm going to come right out with it. I gave this a D. I hated it. And the only reason it gets a D is because I have the respect I have for Taker and Mick Foley. And there was a cameo by George the Rat in the pre-match package, which that rat was Cornette's pet rat, by the way. The one Mankind uses in the vignettes, mm-hmm. Cornette legitimately had a real pet rat that they they used in the... Huh. I, oh, that would have been a good trivia question. Whose rat was it? Mm. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was that was a good trivia because I did not know that. Oh well, I I blew the lead. So, <laughs> oh well. But so I'm gonna. I did something here that I have not done before in any of our reviews. Spoiler alert! Not the last time I'll do it this weekend. I fast forwarded through this. I watched about the first five minutes. There was no crowd noise. Because they were showing it on mon- TVs, not even mon- just TVs at ringside. So most of the crowd couldn't see this. If you were on the front, like three rows, you might have saw this. There wasn't like a big jumbotron they showed this on. This was just shown on TVs. They had mm-hmm. po- on each side of the ring pointing toward the crowd. And there was no an- The announcers didn't really say anything. They could, they had to be able to see it on their monitors, but they were just silent. So this was Taker and Mankind in a boiler room, beating the crap out of each other. Well, don't get me wrong, well, with no noise, just dead silence. This was awful, boring. I could not get into this. Because my first thought was, this is going to be the precursor to the whole hardcore division and things. But no, this was just, uh, if it would have had the commentary, if they would have had the commentators calling it or the crowd somewhat being able to react to anything, I don't know, it took me way out of this match. This could have been done so much better. I would have, this would have been much better for a, uh, this would have been a, a beautiful cage match mm-hmm. where the, oh, yeah. where the winner has to get out, the, get out of the cage and get the urn, not fight in the back for, I don't know how long it went. Cause like I said, I watched about the first five minutes and fast forwarded. Because, this was almost 30 minutes long. Yeah. Like, it was closing in on 30. Yeah, 30 minutes of just, it was silence, except for just the sound effects of them hitting each other with stuff. So what I did write, so started off, Taker look is look, looking for mankind in the boiler room. And I wrote, and then he hits him with a gutter when they find him. I'm like, why is there a gutter, like an aluminum gutter backstage in the boiler? I don't know. I did like the sawhorse stunner. That was beautiful. Did you see yes, that one? I did. 
Yes. I Honestly, didn't. That, yeah. <laughs> Good. I didn't like the fake steam spot where it was obviously a fire extinguisher. Like where I believe it was Taker turns the valve and then quote unquote steam shoots out, except you can obviously hear the sound effect of a fire extinguisher being shot and the steam is white instead of like clearish gray. I didn't like that one. Then I wrote no commentary, no crowd noise. I'm done. Fast forward. <laughs> so if there's anything about the middle part of the match you'd like to talk about, have free reign. Because I I didn't see any. This is like so basically this was 30 minutes of these dudes just beating each other with di- different things or throwing each other into various things. Uh what cracked me up is whenever the screen would go fuzzy, whenever they were having transmission problems. I'm doing air quotes if you can't tell. Um Obviously, this match was not done live. There's no way they would have done it live. So there's, there's way too many opportunities to mess something up. So, yeah, I mean, that explained the, the fuzziness because this boiler room is obviously, you know, three states over. So, of course, you know, they're going to have some fuzzy transmission spots. You know, no problem. Um, what got me, though, was the finish to this match. Now, I did stop there. I did, when I saw them come back out to the ring is when I started watching again. That's what got me, because it's like, you talk about, like, top ten anime betrayals right here. This match probably had one of the biggest betrayals, in my opinion, at the time. And it's like, you know, here comes Taker, like, Paul, I need the urn. And Paul's just like, clock <laughs> pretty much no. I was just like <gasps> like you know <laughs> you know like what was Taker without Paul Bear at this time he had Taker's urn man yeah and he bashed him over the head with it I hate the whole like fake wrestling things that like the Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt's of the world nowadays thank god the fiend is gone is all I can say I don't like the whole thing. Taker's been the only one I've ever, ever given a pass to for this whole supernatural things I can do is because he never in 30 years broke character, ever. He never did interviews as Mark Calloway. He never was seen almost. I mean, of course, paparazzi saw him out. You know, the man is a human being, but he never broke kayfabe ever. So it worked. I'm sorry, Alexa Bliss is on Twitter like, it's my birthday, yay, yay, yay. I have a doll that can talk and wink at people. Did you see that clip, by the way? Speaking of stupid crap. Saw it on, tw- saw on Twitter. Alexa Bliss had a match with, um, I think they call her name's Dewdrop. It's Piper something or the other. Big, The real big girl. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't, Vi- mm. it used to be Viper. And they change it to Piper or something, whatever. It was like Piper Vixen or something crazy like that. Yeah, whatever. But now they call her Dewdrop. Whatever. But she has this match, the possessed little doll that Alexa Bliss has. And remember, she's the one I can't stand because she did the whole hypnosis thing at Money in the Bank. <laughs> but the doll's in the corner and this 
viper, dewdrop, whatever, looks, turns around, looks at the doll, and the doll blinks. They show it on the big Jumbotron. Like, the doll, like, winks at her, and it freaks her out, and Alexa Bliss rolls her up. I would have punched my TV if I was watching that live. I was going to say, what? <laughs> I know I rag on AEW for doing stupid stuff, but this was one of the dumbest, stupidest, fakest things I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, that is that is insane, dude. That is absolutely insane. And you wonder why wrestling is less popular now than it's ever been. Sorry, it is. Sorry, deal with it. It's this is why. <laughs> there you have it. This is why. But anyway, back to this. So, like you said, Taker. I think he dumped mankind on an exposed. Or no. Mick did the whole nesty plunge onto exposed concrete off the side of the ring. Yep. I don't know why he takes that bump, but my God, good Lord. Like he pulls the pads up off the ring, then gets up on the edge of the, gets up on the apron, Taker clocks him, and he just nesty plunges down to the floor on exposed concrete. No, no padding, no nothing, just flat back bump there. And I'm like, Oh my God! Don't uh, he's done it before, but never do that again. Uh, then Vader goes to Paul Bear because he's got this match won, and he does the whole one knee reaching up. I need the urn, Paul. Come on, give it to me. No, he doesn't say that. But, you know, he has that demonic look, and Bear, Bear Paul Bear just looks at him and gets this look on his face and just spins around, and I'm like. Uh oh, what? They've been together for six years, and then mankind comes back into the ring, and Taker turns around, looks at him, turns back at Bear, Paul Bear, and Paul Bear clocks him with the urn. I mean, clocks him because that thing made some noise. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that wasn't like the 2020, 2021 WWE putting in sound effect noises. Because they can. Hashtag Braun Strowman's choo-choo train noise. <sighs> no, this was legit. I'm going to hit you over the head with this thing. And he did. He did. <laughs> so Paul Bear turns on Taker, which nobody, I don't think anybody saw coming. I mean, we kind of saw it coming when he <clears throat> did that thing at the last pay-per-view, which did he whatever who did he mean to hit it whatever this time it wasn't no doubt he meant to hit him so he hands the urn to mankind mankind wins and then it gets weird like i said taker's the only one i'll give a pass to any of this because of his commitment the druids come out they get Taker, and they carry him off. Hmm. Very ominous. Very slow and methodical, too. They weren't just coming out, grabbing him, and getting him out of there. They were very careful with the dead man. Oh, yeah. Will we see more of this tomorrow? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to see. But 
overall, like I said, I skipped most of this match. I hated it, gave it a D. Wow. See, I was like, yeah, this was another B for me. <clears throat> and I mean, not for a good chunk of the match, because yeah, it was just quiet and pre-taped and weird. But um outside of that, I mean, you gotta think like in a way, like these guys kind of laid down the groundwork for not only backstage brawls in the future but hardcore matches as well if you think about it i mean with all the different crap they were beating each other over the head with and jumping into flopping into walls and i mean even like to a point where they you know they take it to the ring you know and it's like to me i mean especially like when referring to the attitude era in terms of hardcore matches and stuff like that like I enjoyed the hardcore matches of the Attitude Era that comes later. Like, and, you know, a lot of the backstage stuff and, you know, now 24 seven, that made it that much more funny to me because the, the belt will change hands like eight times a night. But like, <laughs> uh, just in terms of those style of matches, like it was a nice little precursor for WWF casuals, I think. And I think I think the WWF learned their lesson on this one. Especially, we can't do this where the crowd can't see it. We're going to mm-hmm. have to call it. And I think this was the, oh, crap, we can't do this again match. Yep. Because, I mean, the crowd was, and if I want to say dead, it would be an understatement. They were restless and angry. Like WCW was at Disney a couple weeks ago when everything was going on backstage they couldn't see it. It was live yep. and they got nothing for 30 minutes. And oh, this, yeah. this was the same. They got nothing. Most of the crowd got nothing for 30 minutes. And there's got to sit there and wait. Cause you got to wait for the main event. Yep. But like I said, I fast forwarded through most of the middle because I just couldn't get into it. Nobody was, I mean, how long can you sit and watch two guys bash each other over the head and, the fact that nobody bled kind of irritated me. I'm sorry. Somebody should have got some collar here. True. Mainly true. Taker because mankind has the mask, but somebody should have bladed here. I know Vince hates blood, but I'm sorry. It's wrestling. If you're going to hit each other over the head with gutters and stop signs and hit each other with a train, I don't care. You need some blood. Oh, yeah. But since, since it was pre-date, that'd be kind of hard to do, but unless you're going to gig the same exact spot but who's watching that closely in standard definition i'm just but so so you gave it a b Mm. well yeah we're way off on this one too but i will say this if there would have been some audience noise and some commentary i would have loved this this would have been great oh yeah that's fair but i was just bored off my butt watching i don't know and I'm not as big as the big into the whole hardcore division, apparently, as you were. There's some of it I like, some of it I didn't. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of some of it I like, some of it I didn't, we'll get to the main event. AKA Shawn Michaels being an unprofessional ass. I love Shawn Michaels as a performer at this time of his career. I hate Shawn Michaels as a human being at this time of his career. (sighs) I mean, did we talk about last week about 
the whole backstage politics part of this match? I believe so. Okay. Uh, if we didn't, we'll re recap this. Well, we, we'll wait till after the match. We'll get to that. So we get we get a backstage with Corny and Vader, the last little pump up session. Nice, very nice, very nice, like that. So this is the WWF title match: Vader versus Shawn Michaels. And I think everybody knows Shawn Michaels was a backstage drama queen, politicking the clique everything that went on nowadays it's been well documented oh yeah and i will say that one re one thing we're gonna talk about at the end of this match is he cuts vader's nuts off backstage and doesn't want to work with him anymore because he says vader works too stiff well i'm sorry suck it up this ain't ballet princess because this match looked good yeah dude sorry if it hurts you a little bit be a man and fight more than one Marine in a bar. Wait, no, that's a different story. <laughs> Anywho, but this match, like working wise, beautiful, different styles that works, looked well together. I know we talked last week about guys know we that like to work together and you could tell it. Yep. This is the opposite. These are two guys who absolutely hated to work with each other. And but still made it work. Did you ever hear the story about Ma Michaels making Vader cry? No, I don't think so. <laughs> they were at a house show, and it was sometime before this, I believe. It wasn't too long before this. They were at a house show. You know, Cornette is Vader's manager. They're in a house show, and the match is supposed to go like 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes, whatever. And after about and Vader's supposed to go over as the heel and a some kind of screwy finish, whatever. Mm. No title on the line. Or maybe Sean was going to go over. I don't remember. Anyway, the match goes like four minutes. They go to the finish immediately. The match is over. Vader gets backstage and he's crying. Like, I've, Cornette's told this story. So he was legitimately crying to him, upset. He's like, what's wrong? And I guess... Shawn Michaels, the drama queen, didn't took offense to the way he was grab, pulling his hair and told Vader that if he ever pulled his hair like that again, he'd get him fired and he'd never work in the business again. Wow. And it upset Vader because the man had a family. Right. That was Shawn Michaels at this time. Best in-ring in, in performer in the business right now. No doubt. Nobody going to question that. Mm-mm. Hands down, the best. Backstage was just every word I could think of. Awful human being. So, but like we said, these two hated working with each other because yep. Sean thought Vader worked stiff and Vader worked stiff. He did. Vader once accidentally, not on purpose, he did not do it on purpose. I will never believe they did it on purpose. Broke a man's back on a powerbomb. Was it a little stiff? Yeah. Was he trying to injure the dude? No. I mean, the man worked Japan. You work stiff there. There's a yeah, reason. you do. <laughs> There's a reason Vader got over. There's a reason Vader got over. He was a big, strong, 
powerful man. But Michaels didn't like him. He'd rather work with Sid, but we'll get there. <laughs> All right, but this match was a good match. It really was until the end. So Shawn Michaels is shining early, which he got a lot of offense in on Vader early. Yeah, he and did. I wrote Vader works stiff, but it looks great. That skin the head, the skin the head, ah, skin the cat head scissors counter by Vader was mwah, flawless, beautiful looking. So you know, if y'all know what I mean by skin the cat, that's when Sean goes over the ropes, but he holds on to him, and he can pull himself back up like he always did in the um, Royal Rumbles. But, you know, where he grabs the head scissors and tries to flip Vader over the ring. Vader countered that into, like, this face buster slam. And I'm like, whoa, beautimous. Did did you see, you caught that, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I was like, nah, Vader, I was going to say, nah, they put on a spectacle, in my opinion. It was like, it was a good match. So like you said, it was, like, it was a great match. And for what it's worth, I mean, Vader did get some offense in, which, considering Michaels in 96, is a good thing. Because uh, especially somebody he didn't like working with or didn't want to work with, like, I mean, we've seen it a lot with him, where it's like he'll, well, he'll go kind of William Shatner on a lot of the moves he's supposed to tell. It's <laughs> kind of over the top. And it's like, to me, I mean, in a way that's almost as dis- disrespectful as no selling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no selling is disrespectful for a whole different reason. But, like, just... Unless, unless no selling, unless it's, like, part of the story. Yeah, if it's a part of it, like, you know, when Hulk's hooking up or Taker does the thing where, you know, pops up yeah. off the mat... Or, you know, even if, like, Michael, they want Michaels to hit Vader with a punch and Vader just kind of looks at him. Like, yeah. you know, for something like that, it's like, oh, this is a big man or he's hulking up or whatever. It's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But it's like, you know, like, or even, like, if it's a spot where you need to oversell, like, if you have Vader versus, say, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> like, you know, Mysterio does that. He tries to punch him. You know, Vader no-sells it. And then he just, like, grabs Mysterio by the mask and throws him across the arena. Like, there's a time and place for it. And Michaels was kind of like, you know, I don't like you, so I'm either going to make this match look super boring or just sell it over the top and make you look stupid. Yeah. And he didn't – I don't think he went too far. You could tell he was selling a good bit. He didn't go Michaels, Hogan, WrestleMania, whatever it was, oversell. He didn't – that one you can go watch it. He flopped like a fish, <laughs> and I don't. We've talked about it. Don't blame him for that one. Mm-mm. But this one, speaking of, I, I mentioned on Twitter when I was watching this that Shawn Michaels was an unprofessional ass. Here we go, and here's why. There's a spot in the match where Michaels hits Vader in the middle of the ring, and he's supposed to go up and hit that elbow, but Vader's supposed to move. Well, things happen. Vader forgot to move. He was going to take the move. But the spot was he was supposed to move. 
So Shawn Michaels being the incredible athlete that he is switches from the elbow and just lands on his feet midair, which is a beautiful, graceful move. But then being Shawn Michaels, stiff kicks. I mean, oh, not, yeah. not working kick. He flat out um, um, shoot kicks him two or three times right in the head and screams, move, dumbass. And I'm like, whoa. And you can hear it. Why they've not edited mm-hmm. this out of the SummerSlam re- reviews, I mean, because it's unprofessional and stupid. At oh, this yeah. Point. Yes, he made a mistake. He was supposed to move. Hit the elbow and be done with it. If you see he ain't moving, hit the elbow. Right. You can halfway in the middle of the air stand up, so don't tell me you can't just hit the elbow. I was saying he could have just came down and hit the elbow stiff. Why not? Like, call- he meant to move. He didn't move. Crack him one good time. It's like, yeah, I bet you'll move next time. If it's not supposed to be the finish of the match, hit the elbow, tell him to roll out when you're telling to roll out and then start setting up sweet chin. But oh, he rolls out. Then go to something else. Be a professional, right. not that. Because I mean, you could easily scream, hear him scream. It's not like he stiff kicked him and then told him move he screamed at the top of his lungs where everybody in the arena heard it and they probably didn't know what was going on but still it was you could tell something happened oh yeah it was stupid unprofessional and he was an idiot back then speaking of idiotic we get to the finish is of this match and this all goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. This match originally, I don't know if it's supposed to have this finish or these finishes, but I know that Sean was supposed to win, but Vader was supposed to come out looking strong mm-hmm. because this was supposed to go all the way to, um, what's that next big pay-per-view? Survivor Series. Survivor Series. This was supposed to be them having a feud to Survivor Series. Well, Sean hates Vader for working stiff, so he got that cut off real quick. Oh, yeah. So, after the whole moves thing, they go to the outside. Vader clocked him on the outside somehow, rolls back in. Michaels gets counted out, match over. Vader wins, but can't lose a title by count out. And Corny's pissed. Grabs the grabs the mic and says, "Shawn Michaels, you blah 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 blah. If you had any guts, yada yada, you know, Courtney cutting his great promo. If you had any guts at all, you get back in here and we'll restart this match." And Shawn Michaels, being the at this point stupid babyface, okay, okay, Rocky, <laughs> match restarts. Vader shumps. Vader jumps in, jumps Shawn Michaels. Corny with the racket. Oh, but Shawn grabs the racket and starts whacking everybody. Vader wins by disqualification. Okay. Can't lose a title on a disqualification. Nope. Corny grabs the mic again. Shawn Michaels, if you had any guts, blah, 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 same exact promo. (laughs) 
So Shawn Michaels gets back in. Match restarts. Sweet chin music. Hebner gets bumped. <laughs> Vader power bomb. Kyoto comes in two count. <sighs> Vader goes for the Vader bomb. But Corny tells him no. Do the moonsault. Top rope. He starts to say, go on up. Do the moonsault. And Vader is a 400-pound man that can do a moonsault. Yes, he is. But he hit, he misses it. He misses it. Shawn Michaels jumps the top rope. It's a standing moonsault where Vader's standing, rolls him up, pins him. One, two, three. Shawn Michaels retains. <laughs> and I know we talked about the match in WCW last week that was... If you want to look up overbooking in the dictionary, you'd see that match. <laughs> it would also say, see also SummerSlam 96 main event. I get what they were going for here, I guess, because they had to because of Shawn Michaels being Shawn Michaels. This may have been the original match because I guess it makes Vader look like, well, I beat you twice. You only beat me once. And I, I didn't like the whole making him go for the moonsault instead of the Vader bomb. Right. Because uh, you've already beat him twice. You've already beat him twice. Why would you think you have to go to your big giant move to hit, beat him a third time? <laughs> so but, your guess is good as mine on that one. But overall, I mean, the two, it looked, looked good. Shawn Michaels being disrespectful and an idiot was kind of bad. But it was very entertaining match the crowd was into it big mm -hmm. time they were even the false even the fake finishes they were into but i guess that's like hey we get more main event cool great but i liked it wasn't the greatest thing i think these two could have had a better match especially with Shawn michaels actually caring right so i gave this a b minus i didn't like the finishes that's fair i was like honestly uh with this one i, I went with a c plus with this one, like the finishes, yeah, I'm like, I'm with you on that. Finishes kind of took me out of it. The first one, I if, if they had if they'd have got rid of the second restart, I'd have been perfectly fine with it. Like, you know, have corny, you know, if you're tough, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he comes back. They could have done that same spot that they did to end the match. And I still would have been like, why didn't he just go for the Vader bomb? But at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, he was trying to be cocky maybe, and, you know, he's a heel, and he got his comeuppance, and I would have been cool with that. But it's just the simple fact that we got two restarts, Michael's going over, and you almost kind of got to wonder how much, how much of that was backstage politics. And as I, I think, if I remember correctly, I don't think Vader was 100% for this either. So, I mean, there's that, but at the same time, if he's not 100%, why would you restart the match twice? Yeah. So I think Sean had a little bit more to do than that than what we're led to believe. Yep. I will always put over Sean Michaels as a, his in-ring ability, and I will always bury his backstage crap. I'm with you on that one, dude. So, C plus, B minus, we're right there, agreed. Um. So that was the end of SummerSlam. I mean, we could sit and talk about Shawn Michaels being a jerk forever, but I'm not going to beat a dead horse. 
overall, I mean, one match I hated. Everything else I thought was really good. I liked the SummerSlam overall. It got a solid B for me. Really good pay-per-view. Hmm. B. I, Man, like, honestly, overall for me, it got a C-. minus. Hmm. Like, overall, this... Ladies and gentlemen, if you get a hankering, which, I mean, I think SummerSlam's, like, this weekend, like, for WWE now. Um, but, you know, one day, if you're just like, no, no I want to watch a SummerSlam. You know, it doesn't matter which one. I was going to throw a dart. Block this year out. Like, to me, overall, like, this is one of your name pay-per-views that isn't in your house. And I don't want to say they fumbled because they didn't fumble. We'll call this an incomplete pass. I mean, we are in Cleveland after all. Oh, no, that would have been an interception. <laughs> interception return for a touchdown. We'll call it the drive. Like, Oh, come <laughs> on! Oh, come on! <laughs> we'll call it the drive. Like, in a way, it kind of was just like, oh, we have this in the bag. You know, this is SummerSlam. You know, we're going to bring it. And what? It's yeah. like, you know, you have, a, you have this, I don't know, we'll call it a random, random assortment of men in the ring that you call a tag team championship match that nobody really hyped up at all. Um, you have your prima donna flexing his prima donna muscle in your main event. You have a couple matches where it's kind of like, well, we need you guys because we have other guys who can't go right now for whatever reason. And I mean, and, and to me, that's the biggest killer about this card because they had a lot of guys who were hurt, who were injured, and it showed. Like, nowadays, yeah, depending on who they get to replace whoever in a match, it may show. But at the same time, you have a bit – I mean, granted, the roster now is deeper, and I say that very lightly. And by deeper, you mean way too overinflated. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's way overinflated. And this is even with after, you know, future endeavors and whatnot. And, and this, it's like – and huh? this is the opposite. This is painfully thin. This is painfully thin. And it's like when guys are hurt, it shows because it's literally we need to grab, wear a blindfold, tap a dude on the shoulder and say, get in there. And, I mean, and that's what we got. And it led to some dull contests, in my opinion. And if I'm picking SummerSlams from right around this period, I can watch SummerSlam 95 or I can watch SummerSlam 97. I can take or leave SummerSlam 96. Speaking of, you know, this is your big one. Look at the name one here who's not here. No Stone Cold. No Stone Cold at all. We didn't... I mean, why didn't we get Stone Cold versus Owen Hart instead of Savio Vega? That would have been a much more entertaining match. Gold Dust versus Stone Cold versus instead of Stone Cold... or. Ahmed versus Marrow. He's just won King of the Ring and he's not on SummerSlam when he's obviously getting a push. A big push. And I was like, he was over with the crowd at this time. Yeah. He's obviously over with people. Period. It's like, yeah, you definitely should have had him on this card. As much as I like Mr. Perfect, I think Stone Cold would have been better on commentary here. 
Oh yeah. Maybe not for the full, maybe not for the whole thing, but at least a match. I don't know. Oh, for sure. I, I get what you're saying about it is your big one and it didn't feel like a big one, but I still felt it was entertaining. No, I'm still going to watch 95 or 96, maybe not 95. I'll still watch 97, but I I can see where if you're going to watch SummerSlams, this may not be the one to watch. It had its high points. It had its decent matches. It had a lot of decent matches. I mean, almost most things to me got to be except for that broiler room brawl, which that was just, that was me, not, that match had a lot of potential, and two quick fixes would have been fine. Oh, yeah. But B, and you said what, C? C minus. C minus, oh, dang, you really didn't like this. Whew, yeah, we're, I mean, a little bit off, but, eh, decent disparity. Oh, that's not a word, but whatever. Um, so yeah, so that was SummerSlam 96, and that was our review. So if you have any comments you'd like to give us on that, you can reach out to us at AEWRpod at Twitter and Instagram. Or, as Arnold said, if you're one of those boomers who can only use email, AEWR316 at gmail.com. Don't forget the YouTube at Attitude Era Wrestling Review. Pa, no podcast. Attitude Era Wrestling Review on YouTube. And did I miss anything? I think you got it. And once again, folks, that will do it for us today. And that will also do it for SummerSlam 1996. Love it or hate it, it's in the vault now. And speaking of, this is Arnold. On behalf of myself and my man, the big Drewski, staring up at the lights. One, two, three. <laughs>